0: Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. All right, what up, high flyers and what up, high fivers? Um, once again, like I said, I I just did talk to Jerry about ICW, but uh, something I've been do for a while, um, is really kind of get a background on Jerry. I mean, this is like I said, uh, Jerry. If people don't know. Jerry is pretty much the backbone of ICW Milwaukee uh but not a lot of people know about Jerry Van. Um so Jerry just kind of starting off what is your origin story? So as a kid were you a wrestling fan growing up and everything and what were you watching?
1: Oh yeah, I was a big wrestling fan growing up as a kid. Um started off of course being here in Wisconsin, uh AWA. Nice. Uh just uh, one of the first ones I enjoyed was uh Jerry Blackwell because we had the first <laughs> same first name. So yeah. that was always one of the ones I really enjoyed. Um remembered as a kid watching the Road Warriors come in and just destroy everybody. Got to watch uh Kurt Henning and Scott Hall before they got big there. Um didn't catch any of Hogan when he was there. Uh then I think I saw a little bit of the WWE. Uh, but the big one I really loved as a kid is that we got on syndication, we got world class championship wrestling.
0: Oh, nice. So,
1: there as a kid, I remember, you know, trying to stay up late on a Saturday. It was like Saturday at 10 o'clock. And of course, I was a huge Von Erich fan as a kid. So, staying up to watch that was always one of my favorite things to do. Uh, one of the matches I remember the most. I believe it was Kevin and Kerry Von Eric versus Gino Hernandez and gentleman Chris Adams, and mm-hmm. it was a hair versus hair match. And I remember, uh once to Gino and Chris lost, end up in the ring getting their heads shaved.
0: That's I mean, I mean the Van, i the Von Erics. I mean they were. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I uh, one second. I dropped my computer to work. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That happens. Yeah, I uh, yeah. drop stuff. Okay. Oof. That wasn't good. It's Not my computer. Oops. Hopefully, it still works. Okay. Um. But yeah, I mean, being in Texas, obviously the Van Ercs are. Um. But where did I mean? I you don't have to say exactly. But where did you grow up in Wisconsin? Uh, southeastern. I
1: went to East Troy. Okay. So pretty much, uh grew up. Um, I remember fourth grade going out for wrestling, and as a kid, not realizing it's completely different. Mm-hmm. And. I remember fourth grade or fourth or fifth grade, one the two, and pretty much I pinned the kid with uh the perfect plex. Wow. From my knees. Nice. So and could... I, I held it with the bridge and everything. And it was like the longest just waiting for the count. And it was like, wow, so this is what so wrestling isn't like this? Oh, whoopsie.
0: <laughs> um so living down in the East Troyish area, so were you picking up world class from Chicago then? I'm not sure where it was from. I said
1: this was this was always Saturday nights, it was like at 10 o'clock. So I wanna say it was one of the local stations, like 18 or 24.
0: Really? Yeah. Huh, because I mean I was uh I mean I remember uh AWA a little bit, but obviously um, you know, it was mostly WWF and we didn't have cable. Um, you know, so I just, I mean, I knew about world class just from like magazines and stuff like that. So I remember walking to the gas station and everything. So, um, so what was your first wrestling show in person then? So were you, did you get the chance to see like AWA live, like at the auditorium or anything up here?
1: Uh, uh, No, I never got that. The first, uh, wrestling I saw live was at the old, at the Mecca, the Bradley center, one of the two. Um, and I remember I was a bad kid. I remember uh, it was – I was a huge Steiner's fan. It was the Steiner's versus the Quebecers. And the Quebecers won by cheating. And I remember – here I am, a 12-year-old, and I had a mouth on me. <laughs> I used plenty of language you would hear nowadays at ICW at the age of probably 11, 12.
0: Yeah. And you're accustomed
1: to the Quebecers, huh? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, because they cheated. And, you know, I was – young kid i didn't know no better so i was like hey you know and and i was like i said i was a huge steiner fan especially when they were in uh uh nwa wcw and then oh, they came man. to the wwf and oh yeah i was
0: they were so good like i said any any younger high-fivers uh that just know big papa scott pump scott steiner man when I mean, those two were i mean younger i mean scott and you kind of forget obviously scott was a big dude he was always pretty big but man, I mean, you know, I mean the first time we did that Frankensteiner, I mean, I was just like, you ain't never seen no shit like that before. No,
1: I mean he he, he invented it.
0: Yeah. Um, people understand
1: it wasn't a lucha move, he invented it.
0: Yeah, it was it was banana, and, like, and the guy was he was a thick dude, but yeah, I um, was big back then. Back to the AWA, like it's that's definitely something I need to dig into more. I knew of the AWA a little bit as a kid, uh, but so we were mostly WWF kids, but um Man, yeah, Scott Hall. I mean, seeing Big Scott Hall, yep. you know, before he w- it was anything. Um, obviously, he just passed away. so rest in peace. But you see, Big Scott Hall. I mean, I did not realize that Big Scott Hall and Razor Ramon were technically the same person
1: for oh, yeah.
0: years. I mean, years. I mean, credit to him. I mean, he's just a big dude. Uh looks like Magnum. He looks like Magnum Ti with you know. Oh his, yeah. Um. Not Magnum TA PA the uh, Magnum PA uh not Magnum TA the wrestler, but he also looked like him too. That big ass mustache, big hairy chest. Um and then he shows up in WWF as a Cuban. Um all greased out and I had no idea. Uh they were the same guy till like early two thousands. Um you know, and Kurt Henning, it was just like, I mean, the names that have gone through there, obviously Hulk Hogan, Iron Sheik, you know, Bob Backlund, I mean, obviously the, the Ghani brothers. It's uh Rick Martel, you know, Stan Hansen. Yeah, Rick Martel was huge. Oh, yeah, so, major baby face. Um, yeah, and like I said, it, people always wonder if, uh, you know, Iron Sheik had taken up for that money to break out uh, Hulk Hogan's leg, how the world would have changed, but, <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, and Hogan was a huge heel up there too. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, oh, he was a heel in WWF before he he left and came back. So, I believe it was uh, Sterling Golden, was his name, or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, But, man, yeah, just that. I mean, obviously, and that's, I mean, the ripples of AWA ripple through everything we do, um, you know, so it's good to see. so. Um, So, Jerry, and then after that, so you got your first live show in and everything. So, you know as you are the curator, I will just say, of many of ICW Milwaukee's more creative matches. How did you get into like, did you um, how did you get into death match wrestling? Did you see like sorry. back yeah.
1: in the day, uh, when eBay first came out and tape trading started? Uh, <clears throat> I started looking at ECW stuff and then says, Hey, you may like this, you like this. Um, and then I saw it's oneida and I was like, Wow, and then. FMW and then Hayabusa, and then the Headhunters. And it was just it was just a rabbit hole of one thing after another after another after another. And just the even before that, I remember and the older generation will probably have seen some of these. But the sheep herders, which who became the bushwhackers, they were in some violent bloody matches. And uh them with Rip Rogers against oh, I can't think of their name fantastics i think wow they had they had old school barbed wire cage matches and it wasn't like your metal cage it was like lumber and barbed wire and it was it was as a kid i was like oh my god and i wanted to see more and you know back then you're
0: very limited options
1: of what you're going to see
0: right almost all exclusively from japan mostly i mean you'd have some stuff here but
1: so started watching some of that and then you know i was in the marines at the time so i watched you know some tv and not kind of lo- went away from it and then i heard of like czw and saw some of their stuff i'm like oh okay whatever and then just kind of lost it for years uh started with uh i got into uh wrestling down at anarchy pro wrestling with santana starch down in Berwyn, illinois okay. and uh Started there as a ref, horrible. Uh, you can see one of my first matches actually on YouTube. Uh, if you look up Battle of the Bruisers, uh, it was Matt Winchester, the Beer City Bruiser, against the Midwest Bruiser, Max Holiday. It was, I think, the second match I ever refed. Oh, I was horrible. Oh, <laughs> I'm in all the – yeah, it was not good. Um, ref there for a while, and then after about a year um, – uh, Frankie DeFalco uh, with the Thumper Den and Bruce City Wrestling was looking for a ref and I came up there with him um, started doing some formal training at the Thumper's Den uh, learned a lot of stuff there I mean I was doing a ton of stuff wrong and thanks to Frank and Matt uh, really was able to hone in the craft on it, uh, then started with uh, uh, BCW I was BCW regular for quite a while. Uh, and then at that point, dysfunction with ICW, he needed another ref, and he asked me. And then I came in, and it was like I started remembering some of the stuff, that barbed wire and the candlesticks and all the other good stuff. And then it just it kind of became natural for me. And then it just kind of steamrolled with, you know, instead of me just refing it to me thinking of weapons, thinking of matches, trying to find all the little things to help. Um, ended up designing the ICW Deathmatch title uh, for the Insane Eight. Uh, nice. Designed that and, uh, it was a birthday present for Dysfunction. And then looking at things like, okay, what else can we build? What can we do here? Is that at that point it was trying to take ICW to the next level? Is that Dysfunction had this gem there, and it had, it could just it could have been so much more. And it just needed to grow, and he wanted to grow it, and I was all for helping him. You know, he'd light the fire; i would throw the gasoline on it,
0: burn <laughs> it Literally. to the ground.
1: Lapika was great, Um, as much as we love Lapika, there was a point in time where we outgrew it. We needed a bigger venue. Um, Then went over to Tanner Paul, and now we're at the bar, and we'll be at the bar, and you know, until we outgrow it, you know, and it's just that's the way. Unfortunately, you know, when a company's doing great. You have a fan base, and they're rabid, and they love it. Eventually, it's going to get big, and you need more and more people. And, you know, you want to accommodate everybody. And it's – I've seen deathmatch wrestling online that's complete dog shit. Um, I ain't going to, you know, drop any uh, federation's names, but there's stuff that's, like – the way they're doing it's like – it's a gore fest. It's like – there's no art to it, there's no mm-hmm. moves. It's just like cut the guy, cut the guy, bleed, break this. There, there's no storytelling in it. Um, and if anybody wants to argue with me with that, is that you can look at this past insane eight with the finals being Orrin White and Eric Dillinger. There's a story told all the way through to the finals, and there's plenty of, I mean, there, there's some great moves there. I mean, the way it flows. Um, Yeah. There's, there's light tubes, there's barbed wire, there's all sorts of stuff, but it's not just one guy hitting another guy with something. There's a story being told.
0: Yeah. And that's, um, well, it's funny because actually, my, my other podcast, somebody asked me about deathmatch wrestling. And the funny thing is, is I'm not a quote unquote deathmatch guy, which is ironic because my favorite promotion is a quote unquote deathmatch um, promotion. But as I've watched, you know, ICW grow, I've watched these wrestlers grow. And like you said, I mean, I'm there every month. So it's there's long term storytelling. You know, I, I say this all the time through violence. Yeah. You um, know, yeah, and some- look, I'm sorry. Uh,
1: There's so many different ways the matches go. It's not everything's just going to be a complete gore fest, but some people, they think that's all it is. I'm like, no, there's plenty of stuff being told. There's plenty of action. There's art form going on with it. And you can go to ICW, and I always equate ICW as ECW, is that you can see a lucha match. You can see a technical match. You can see a strong style match. You can see a death match. You can see a little bit of everything at every show. So it's not like you're going to be bored with, well, this is all they have. Like, no, there's a little bit of everything. It's like, what? pick your poison. What are you into? What do you want to see?
0: Yeah, and like I said, I you mean, yeah, it. yeah. The, the weapons are just, ba- yes, they are weapons, but they're tools to tell stories. Yes. Um, You know, so yeah, basically like the story of last year's Insane 8 was literally just Oren passing the torch. Um and I mean fucking Dillinger I mean that motherfucker had to go through Mickey Knuckles which how anyone could walk after that goddamn match, um and then yeah, he had to fight yeah and he had to fight Akira which was uh, what I thought was the odds on favorite, uh to win it and then obviously Orin who is I mean obviously the the ICW icon um the Godfather I mean the guy that really along with ICW helped grow you know the brand. Um, well, that, and he it. is
1: Mr. Insane 8. I mean, every if you look, if you go to any of the ICW shows, you go on Fight TV and uh, order any of the past ones, his matches are always bangers. Um, he, You look at whether it was two years ago, opening round match, uh, actually three years ago, uh, opening round match, him and Alex Colon, and they set the pace for the entire night. And the finals of that match, or the finals of that night, was Orin White against, uh, oh god, I'm just going stupid, Matt Tremont, yeah, in a no rope, barbed wire death match. Um, and then you go to uh, last year's, or the, per, the year before, um, you have uh, what was an opening round match, Orin invite versus uh, John, John and we had cars being involved using uh, you know, going through the windshield of cars, the sunroof of cars, hoods. I mean, he puts it on, and then you go to uh the next year, him and in the finals, him and uh Neil Diamond Cutter. Yeah, and boom, right there's another, you know, another banger, and you just have one after another after another. It's just it he don't give up on it. He, he just keeps them going.
0: Yeah, I mean, Oren is definitely the...
1: Great man every time.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Oren is is the heart and soul, and listen, and I, listen, I just came in nice to him. Yeah, 100%. Um Yeah, listen, and I started, he was, he was just, he just won the Insane eight two 2018. You know, my, my second show was, you know, um, the December show 2018, but I mean, Oren really hit his stride there from, I mean, because he was champ for, God, a year and a half, you know, almost so. two years. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, he carried that company. Um, one of my favorite moments, and shout out to Chad Diesel, this is one of our um, favorite ICW shows ever, and uh, you'll probably remember this, but it was uh, the No Ring, No Problem show at LaPica.
1: Yes, I remember that show quite well.
0: There was maybe, and this is no disrespect, there was maybe 20, it was a Thursday night in September, there was maybe 20 people there, but God damn, did every 20 of those people have a fucking blast and everybody put on, that's when I became a big fan of Ricky Noreen Uh, because Orrin and Ricky um, Yes. Yeah, yeah because Ricky fingered my beer and then he stole from me later on. Uh, I always crack up about that, but yeah, those guys were But literally 20 people there, but that was just so much fun.
1: That um, was that was when I learned that counting on um, <laughs> hardwood floors hurts. When you come up that first time, when I counted one, yeah, that was like, oh, this hurts. I don't uh, like this. This does not make me happy.
0: No, that yeah, that's hilarious. So, uh, and listen, and I'm just go back to it. So basically. You know, the thumper stem was where you kind of really cut your teeth as a referee. Um, it's kind of funny because actually the first time I remember, I've seen you before, uh, but it was my wife's first BCW show. And I remember there's these people in the crowd and there's like five people and they all had these big Shut Up Jerry t-shirts on. Um, and Stacy Shadows came out with me once for like, and my that's what my life that's my wife fell in love. It's like, why didn't they tell me Jerry to shut up? He seems like such a nice guy. So I'm bummed she's not here for this, but uh wife's definitely a big Jerry fan. So um that was my first first memory of you. Um, and then obviously going from ICW and everything, but um, you know, so I'm gonna ask the, the tacky question. All right. Um, and like I said, you know, and when and like keep in mind, obviously there's been so many, but what's your favorite? Well, I'm mean, say your favorite match, but the mo- the match when someone asks you that, it comes to mind first. Maybe it's not your favorite, um, uh, you know, maybe it's not, or it's the most memorable, but it's the first one that comes to mind when someone asks something like that.
1: Um, I mean, there's always ones that will take over. Uh, right now, probably one of like last year's favorite match would have been um, the Insane Eight finals with. Uh, Dillinger and uh, Orin, Orin. That, that would have been like every year I'll have it'll be a year where like Okay this wrestler will be Like th- th- their matches like everyone I Ref is just a banger and It just like last year was Dillinger Like every match I had of his was a banger After banger after banger Um, I know year before That uh, oh, Was I want to see Year before that I want to say it was Vic Capri Every one of his matches was a banger after banger after banger The year before that, I believe it was Joey Avalon. Every match. It was just like, it was like each year is just someone that just, whenever I rough their matches, they're just insane matches time after time again.
0: Yeah, that that's awesome. So um, I don't know how much you want to pull back the proverbial curtain or anything, but I'm you assuming I'm um, uh, before each match, obviously I'm assuming there's a lot of communication between you and the wrestlers, obviously. Yeah. Uh, obviously you're in the
1: back, you're making sure everyone's understood of what's going on. And, you know, it's, it's, you're putting, it's a show. So it's a safety. You want to make sure everything is good. If you got to relate to the wrestlers, like, Hey, look out, this is loose. That's loose. Um, you know, they are performers, you know, you never know. Uh, you try to fix the ring as it goes. If something <laughs> pops off like a turnbuckle or a board pops up, Um, Sometimes you can be in the middle of the match and a board pops up and, you know, you're letting them know, hey, you know, this board, watch out, it's, you know, it's up, you know, last thing you want is someone to get slammed on a board that's up on a, you know, on an edge and, you know, someone literally blow a disc, you know, nobody wants to end their career on something haphazard. So you, you do what you can to make sure that everyone is safe.
0: As, yeah, as much as possible. Obviously, you're dealing with flying glass and, and broken tables and the whole kit and caboodle. Um, but I quick sidetrack question. So, speaking of the insane eight, uh, there is a weapon in there that's starting to become pretty famous. Uh, the barbed wire trampoline. Who yes. the fuck is that? Did you make that? No, no, that's not me. Thing
1: that's uh Josh Dahl. and I figured. Yes, he comes down. Same thing. He had the scaffolding this year. Uh, he goes big. Likes to go big with it. I uh, said so we love him, and it's always great with him and his crew. Uh, but no big stuff like that. I don't have the room anymore. I built a let's see. I built a coffin before that was used <laughs> until we destroyed it and uh, it got lit on fire. Um, that, that's kind of a funny story. Is that so? I built a coffin, and I mean this is you know, two by fours with like a half inch plywood. Um, I was down at uh, Anarchy at the time and they had old ring mat. So I was like, you know, it's like a two inch mat. So I took it, cut, you know, cut the lengths on it, you know, for it, got this nice purple velvet, like fabric, spray glued it to it, put it. I mean, it was super comfy, super soft. You put the lid on it, everything was good. The problem was there was no, airflow in that thing so it got super hot oh like any and and there's a couple wrestlers that were in it um sean priest uh onyx andretti dysfunction that when that when the when the when the lid is shut oh it gets warm in there real quickly because you're hot you're sweaty so your body's heated up and that it's just radiating it back to you so that that was one of the things i built it was really fun but yeah, if you got put in it, you were not happy about it. I can
0: <laughs> tell you that. Um, and, and one thing to to your credit, to the performers' credit, to the functions' credit, and everybody, obviously being at lapika you're in there. I mean, you're in there, asses to elbows with everybody. I mean, I explain that place. I'm sitting front row, and I can literally put my feet on the ring. Oh yeah. Um. I mean, obviously there's shit going on and people got to be aware, but I have never, ever, ever been injured at LaPica whatsoever. I mean, glass in my hair, I have thumbtacks in my shoes, a a small scrape here or there, but how the fuck do you guys do that? I mean, obviously you want to keep your fans safe, but we're right there. And how the fuck you guys do it? Um, I I don't know. Uh, I know there's an art that Everybody
1: tells them where they can and can't do stuff. Not everybody listens. There, there are some wrestlers that do do the. It's better to ask for forgiveness than permission,
0: which is not always good. Yeah. Um, but it it's incredible. Um, you know, it's there. I remember there was one play class issue, uh, at Tanner Paul. I remember someone got cut there, and I know someone did take a light bulb in the neck one year at the Insane Eight. But uh, I mean, it's it's incredible how you guys do that. Like, I mean. Um, I know I was talking to Diss after the whole plate glass thing, and he kind of explained where said person fucked up. I'm not going to throw him under. Um, but it's incredible how you guys can figure out, you know, where shit's going to – obviously shit's going to happen, you know. Well, but uh, It's
1: also knowing, all right, what move they're going to – you know, it, what match is going to be done, uh, what wrestlers are using what. Um, there's – you're not going to give plate glass to some newbie. Uh, some new deathmatch match wrestler. Um, there's an art to it and how you have to use it. Cause it's not just, Hey, I'm going to break this. It's okay. Well, where's the glass going to go? Who, you know what? It's not just like, Oh, Hey, the glass is going to stay right here. No, that's not how it works. Yeah. So y- you have to know, okay, what move am I going to do? How's this glass going to break? Where's it going to go? Cause the last thing you want is to do, you know, it's, you know, the glass is in a corner, it's up, and the guy slams, gets thrown into it, a Death Valley driver, hip toss, whatnot, and that momentum shooting that glass out into the crowd. So that's what you really need to be careful of, because that's when people get cuts, when it starts getting sent out in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, light tubes, that's a big thing, is how they're swung. Um,
0: you have to be careful.
1: The, you know, the, those ends that go bouncing off, they will cut someone, whether it's the face, the leg. I mean, you have to be careful.
0: Yeah, it's um, and listen, I do want to shout out your refing partner. Uh, speaking of plate glass and and the bar, uh, Mr. Joe Coley, uh, took a big face full of glass last last show. Um, he was basically in that corner to take all the glass. So, um, I, I mean, I've definitely seen all of you guys, you know, take shots for so the fans don't get hurt. So, thank you, Jerry. Um, but yeah, shout out to Joel. I mean, he took a, a face full of plate glass um Man. last month so you know so i mean that was it was funny i was sitting there with josh and we we're kind of we saw joe sitting in the corner and he wasn't moving i'm like he's there just literally to shield because the, there was a uh, there i don't want how do i put this delicately but there were some fans that probably would not have been excited to be showered with glass as, as other fans like i said if i get hit with glass i'm not going to care but yeah so shout out to you guys and joe for taking care of everybody um uh, but i just didn't want to get it out there that you guys yes um, this is dangerous. Yes, there is a thrill to it, but yeah, I've literally—I mean, yes, okay, a little cut. Oh my god, ooh! But literally, it's—it's it's nothing. I mean, well, most of it is. I mean, your hardcore fans are going to be in the front row,
1: so your your average person that's going to be in that front row is you know they kind know. of expect it. They almost look forward to it in a way,
0: right? Yeah, unless you expect a wrestler in your lap. I mean, you know, shit like that's going to happen. It will happen. Um and you know, also but yeah listen kudos to you guys um but speaking of weapons uh what is your favorite uh, a double question so basically what's your um what weapon comes to mind that's a favorite that you created and what weapon did um that a fan brought in that you're like what we need to get this person some psych- psych- psychiatric oh, yeah. help besides Let's Josh me,
1: I have one let me go
0: grab it <laughs> thank you right
1: back. entertain the fans
0: um but, yeah, like said, kudos to these guys. Like said, yes, it's it's dangerous. Uh, yes, you know, things do go flying. But you're if, if you're at one of these shows, you know, be mindful. Be mindful of your surroundings. You know, shit's going to happen. Listen, shout out to Brundon. You know, we asked about deathmatch wrestling. And, you know, LaPika, it's a whole other animal. I mean, you're right fucking there. It is. I'm not kidding. You, when you literally put your feet on the ring. Uh, you are, Jesus fucking Christ.
1: Um, so one of the first death matches. now now you can see it on camera the fans can't what i have here is a paddle okay and someone put two inch staples all the way through it both sides so one of the first death matches i had and um, i was in the ring match was over i want to say it was dysfunction and uh mo foley yeah. And pit stain ran in. This is back in the Pika days. So, match is done. This is on the mat, wasn't used. So, I'm getting ready to kind of like check on uh, dysfunction. And I don't remember if it was Mo or pit stain, but pushed me and was like, get out of the way. And I took a step back and I stepped on it. Oh, now, yes. Uh, this is right in front of Bucky. Uh, anybody that goes to ICW, Probably knows Bucky. You can't miss him. He's like eight feet tall, legit. Yeah. Um. I stepped on this, and I tried to no sell it, and I picked my foot up, and this came up with it. So this was in my foot. So this was, I want to say, either the literally the first or second death match I ever ref at ICW. So it's like, welcome to ICW, everybody.
0: Wow. And that, that that takes some fucking time.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, someone just shot staple after sta- they went literally went one side and then they went the other way. I mean, it, it's literally both sided.
0: God damn. Um, well, I'm glad you didn't say the glass of cayenne pepper spot. So no, no, um, that,
1: that was fuck Kyle Pearl. So <laughs> this day would always be fuck Kyle Pearl.
0: I will see him in a couple weeks, and I have a friend of mine that reminds him of that all the goddamn time. So um God. Yeah. Um, So so for the people that weren't in the building, uh, I I believe it was another fans bring the weapons match. Yes. And uh, here's what happened on that
1: one. Um, Now, when fans bring the weapons, they bring some creative stuff. Not everything can be used. Not everything is safe. Um, When we use glass, we use a certain type of glass. that's going to break. The reason we use the light tubes, it's a thinner glass that when it breaks, it turns to small pieces, you get little cuts, not big cuts. Um, Plates of glass is safety glass. So when it breaks, it breaks. It doesn't break into big shards. It breaks into little pieces. Once again, Mm -hmm. little cuts, not big cuts. Someone brought a giant jar. We're talking like a big pickle jar full of cayenne pepper and busted light bulb glass. So now what had happened was, (coughs) excuse me. Oh, God. I'm I'm just thinking of the cayenne peppers making me cough. Yeah. Yeah ricky noreen had a match and his death match was like uh it was like a kitchen uh cutlery death match thing he was involved all this kitchen stuff and it was there and someone put it there and i saw it and i'm like no and i put it in the corner so it couldn't be used well what happened was is that after the match and they're you know we're taking stuff out i threw it in the garbage now the fan that made it Told one of the people that was putting the stuff out there, hey, put that back out there. So they did. I didn't see it. Now, we're in another match. It was Kyle Pro and uh, Riley Jackson, I believe. Okay, they're having their death match. And so they're going at it. And Kyle Pro goes to pick up this. Jar of cayenne pepper. Now we're at La Pica. So anybody that was at La Pica knows how you're tight. So he picks it up like he's going to use it. And I kind of shake my head. No. And he looks and here's or invite above the curtain in the locker room, waving his arm going, no. So Kyle realizing, Hey, I shouldn't use this. He doesn't set it down. He throws it down. So it breaks. And now there's big shards of glass and cayenne pepper everywhere.
0: Everywhere.
1: When you're talking like, God, I mean, it's like, imagine like a bag of flour, like, but nothing but cayenne pepper. It was everywhere. Hacking. And oh yeah, that was a rough night. That was probably the worst one a fan has ever brought. Um, Favorite one I ever made uh I really and unfortunately someone ganked it at the last insane eight. Mm-hmm. I had made a barbed wire wrapped candlestick. It's probably one of the funner ones I've made. Oh. Pretty simple, but you know, candlesticks are great. Throw a little barbed wire on it.
0: it that's gonna be nice. that's gonna be a pain because I mean you're wrapping it around a small item. Um, yeah. how the fuck? I mean, so you just got you just tack it down on one end and just wrap it from there, then or no? Um, zip ties okay. Once once you
1: get uh the barbed wire anchored on there, it'll hook to itself. And being that it's barbed wire and a candlestick being bamboo, it there's good grip, there's good where it'll okay. it'll cl- uh hook onto each other. Um, I've I I enjoy b- working with barbed wire more than I do glass. And I know for a lot of other other wrestlers, it's the opposite way around. I know a lot of deathmatch guys that uh, when they get the stipulations and there's barbed wire and they're like, fuck, that they do not like barbed wire. But so wh- maybe. Yeah. I, I prefer barbed wire over glass. Partially because uh, it's, it's easier to clean, but I hate thumbtacks. I will tell you this. I fucking hate thumbtacks. Cause they are the worst thing. And it's like, Oh, they're thumbtacks. It's great. Yes. But they, here's the problem. Once they're in the ring and they're out, they don't stay in one spot. They go everywhere. And I wear um, wrestling shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the grip. I like how like, it helps me slide. There's nothing to it. So if you step on a thumbtack, it literally goes through. You don't feel it until you put pressure on it. Every time you put pressure on that shoe with the thumbtack in it, you get stabbed by it. So it's really irritating. Uh, And then trying to make a three count. uh, Because you'll, one, and when you hit it, you know, obviously the vibration, thumbtacks move. So now when you come back for two, you're trying to avoid hitting thumbtacks. So, yeah, thumbtacks suck. I do not like thumbtacks.
0: Ah, I've never thought of that. Yeah, and then uh, the shitty part with thumbtacks is like the head will break off. And then you yeah. can't find out where it, and it's just and it's just oh yeah I I've been there so not a fan um, of thumbtacks. Has there ever been a moment where like you forgot your gloves? Like you got to the ring, and you're like, oh shit, I don't have my gloves. I'm gonna need them or?
1: Oh yeah, been there, done that more than once. Oh, That sucks. It de- well, it's just it depends what's being used for weapons,
0: right? Yeah, as long
1: as it's not glass, I'm okay. I can work around it.
0: Yeah. Uh, But yeah, back to that Kyle Pro thing. He's not, you know, this has not had him back since. That was three. I think I'm pretty sure it was February 2019. So another fun show um, besides that. But yeah, I was sitting right fucking there. And we still talk about that. I mean, you can ask Chad and Diesel. I mean, that's something we bring up all the fucking time. Oh, yeah. It Um, it wasn't fun. No. No. Yeah, yeah, and it was and listen, yeah, it's a you know small backroom bar, and there's just cayenne pepper in the air, fucking everybody. Our whole section was sneezing for the rest. We still had a blast, Uh, but yeah, fuck Kyle, bro. So that is um, that
1: is hilarious. Yeah, that was probably one of the ones I I did not like, Um, but yeah, uh, there's certain things like deathmatch stuff that uh, I'll I'll make. Other things I won't. Um, Bird spikes. Uh, That's pretty much almost a guaranteed no. If you bring anything with bird spikes in, it's probably not going to be used. It'll probably get dumped. Um, Scissors, depending what they are, uh, certain things with scissors will be used. If you uh, put them on a board, it's probably not going to be used after the whole uh, Jimmy Lloyd thing when he got the scissor into his shoulder. I said there's stuff that's really great, but at the same point, we don't want people really getting hurt.
0: No, which is which is ironic because you're in a death match, but I mean yes. we do, you know, and obviously shit has happened, you know, and shit's happened in Lepica and everything, so we we don't want that to happen, uh, for sure. Um, I sure, forgot sure, I was just gonna ask you, God damn it, Jerry. So, um, yeah. So, uh, the cayenne pepper spot. Um, yeah. So, um, do you have a favorite death match that you didn't ref? Um, or like what was like I mean, so you talked about Onita earlier, um, but was there like a, a person you gravitated to as a kid?
1: Uh, as a kid, it was uh Hayabusa. I, okay. I like his high flying the way he did it, I loved it. Um, him and uh Mike Austin when he was the gladiator. Oh, uh, I nice. really got into. Um, Mr. Pogo was always, you know, because of the name. Yeah. But that was always a, a good one watching his over at FMW. Um ECW, I remember watching, uh, it was a, bo- not born to be wired, born to be wired, I believe was, uh, Sandman and Sabu, I think,
0: <laughs> but whatever the
1: Terry Funk, uh, Sandman one, where, uh, not, uh, ter- uh, Terry Funk and, uh, Sabu one yeah. where Sabu cuts his bicep and they get so wrapped up in barbed wire that they pretty much have to cut every cut everyone out of it. It's just, just a big mess of barbed wire.
0: Oh yeah, that was a mess, but uh okay. Not what I was gonna ask you earlier. Um, is there a, is there an item out there? Unless I have a feeling I, I might know the answer to this, but uh you wouldn't think hurts but hurts like a motherfucker, and vice versa, is there something you would think hurts it doesn't? Um,
1: um I don't know about what I, I can't really say too much of what hurts, what doesn't hurt because I'm obviously the ref. Um, so I really don't get hit with a lot of things uh staple gun uh people think that that one surprisingly um a lot of wrestlers have never been stapled uh are really surprised when they how it feels it it doesn't it's a little pinch yeah so but <sighs> you know staple guns are fun
0: but god damn the fucking staple and the and the fucking tongue match oh yeah that hurts a little oh god Oh, that yeah, I'm a pretty tough son of a bitch, but that one that the skewers in the cheek. I know that was a GCW thing, but yes, oh god damn, that wasn't Cole rat Red- Was it Cole Roderick? Oh, uh, um, it might have been because he kept it in for a while, was like taking pictures with it there. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but besides ICW, um. What other companies do you work death matches for? I know you've helped obviously GCW, and I've ran into you at GCW shows before.
1: Um, I've done oh. death matches at uh, uh, sh- Chicago style wrestling, I think it is. I think it's CSW. Okay. I did a death match there with uh, Vic Capri and uh, Baker. Nice, Rick Brubaker. That was a good one. That was um uh, that was a rough one. That was, I had to pull. Well, I had not say pull, I had to work uh barbed wire out of Vic Capri's bicep and his back. Um, I've done uh death matches for Powell. Um there had uh, a Vic Capri. and uh Tyler Sullivan had a couple down there actually. Um a lot of times it just depends when someone ne- wants someone that's you know can get in there that's not really that knows what they're doing. And they feel that they're going to be safe because a lot yeah. of it is, is if you're in there is you want to feel safe, you're like, well, it's a death match. I'm like, yeah, it's a death match. But at the same point, you want to make sure that you don't die. Yeah. Um, like I said, a lot of it is, is, is it's knowing, you know, um, for one, uh, insane eight there. If, if you see there's a spot in insane eight in the finals, I leave the ring. Uh, what happened was this: mm-hmm. Eric Dillinger had a nice cut on him that he, didn't see was on his back, kind of by his elbow. So there's supposed to be duct tape and towels by the ring, but there wasn't. So I had to run in the back, get the duct tape, go back out there, tape up Dillinger uh so the match could continue. Because I mean, some of those guys, when they get cut, they don't see it and they don't feel with all the adrenaline going. So you are there to make sure that, you know, they can safely perform and they're not going to get, you know, uh, a career ending injury or something that's going to be really bad or get infected St- or anything like that
0: you guys can say a staph infection especially by the elbow right there and everything so oh, I, yeah i remember that that clearly so um have you ever had an injury that you didn't realize you had until the adrenaline wore off just honestly yeah
1: a lot lot of little cuts here and there um you'll look down like oh whose blood is this
0: <laughs> shit that's I mine mean,
1: it, it's it's i've had plenty of times after and it's usually like um probably the worst one i had i didn't have the it was i was doing a death match and i didn't have my knee pads i just had the knee sleeves they're thin and i knelt down on a shard of glass and it went into my knee and that that hurt that was one of those ones that did not make me didn't make me happy i'll say that
0: oh yeah that's uh that that's
1: not good so no Um, that 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 sucked (laughs)
0: Yeah, so kind There's of
1: get- so many ways.
0: Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, the, the up and comer, the, the new star is obviously Mr. Eric Dillinger, you know, you know, for ICW. But uh, do you see any new uh deathmatch guys coming up on the horizon? Um, at all that you've seen recently.
1: There's a bunch. Now the thing is I don't know is like the different regions for deathmatch guys that are coming and going um you know obviously there's some guys that are nationwide there's other ones that are regional so trying to find out what stars are going to be that you know the up and coming you know who's established Um uh, obviously uh dillinger is wonders you know, what he does um i saw, oh god there's a couple of people at uh, gcw and i can't remember names uh I can't, he was from oh, I see he was from Georgia. I can't remember the guy's name, he was also oh, the Marine. Uh, um shit. yeah, I'll probably think of it afterwards. So yeah. Um but yeah, I I enjoyed. I got to uh ref uh Big Fucking Joe twice. Was that was pretty cool. Nice. Um that was one of the ones that you know, there's certain people there's there's certain deathmatch wrestlers that it's like, oh, it'd be fun to ref their match. Um not as much as like, oh, I, I have to do it. But like, oh, this is a cool little thing. I got to do this or I got to do that. Um, but uh, I wanted to do Big fucking Joe. I got to do his twice, which was really cool. Um, I've done Nick Gage. Uh, I never, I didn't get a chance to do RSP. I uh, the, it was a Nick, Nick Gage NGI 4, I think it was, where RSP attacks them at the end. Yeah uh after the thing then spray paints the uh, uh RSP on the belt. Um that was a hot feud and I would have loved to have done that been involved in that. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. I mean there there's always ones out there and it's just like who's the next one and some it's just like the entertainment it just looks really fun. Um, Sawyer Rex, uh, I saw yeah. her at GCW and She just looks like a fun person, like like a crazy person is out to have a good time, enjoy themselves, and it's like, huh. There's always this new people coming out, and it's, you know, deathmatch wrestling, for the most part, is something that some people are heavy into and some aren't.
0: Yeah. Um, And and it's crazy. It seems like the crazier the deathmatch person, the nicer of a human being they are. Oh, Um, yeah. Uh, prime example, Schlack. Um, you oh. look at Schlack, and you're like, this guy's a fucking psychopath. But um, yeah, I helped him. I mean, I was in a bathroom. I'm just going to sound weird, but you're in La Pica. You getting nowhere else to go. I mean, I was helping him pick last. I was back and everything, but he could not have been fucking nicer. You know, oh, I had yeah. a beer and he sat with me for a good 10, 15 minutes. And uh, yeah, you look at the guy, you're like, this guy's a fucking psychopath. Um, Nick Gage. you know, he's got heat with Milwaukee, but I think he's put that aside for a little while after the insane eight, 2000, uh, 2019. Good thing you weren't that match. Uh,
1: well, that match it's it's a little speculative whether that he was down for the three count or not. So
0: yeah, that definitely goes in down in insane eight lore, but um so the million dollar question, Jerry, uh, that's not the million dollar question, but something I've I've always given you shit for, but you've had a retort. So basically, if someone is pinned on like let's say a door, yes, so they're not on the mat, but they are still being pinned because the door is on the mat. Is that how that works? Well, see, the shoulders are down. So what you
1: get is in something like that, where it's like a false count anywhere or a death match. It's all part of the ring that's considered. Okay. So if they're down, the shoulders are down, you know, Hey, if it's a crooked door and it's less, less space, you have to get up. If the shoulders are down, you're not moving. I got to count you. Okay. And a lot of it is also up to the referee's discretion. Okay. Um, you know, it's, I mean, hey, if you land on the door the right way, and you're one because you're on the door and the shoulders up, like, hey, I can't count it. And I've had, I've had wrestlers come,
0: count the pin. His shoulders aren't down. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. Oh, yeah, I can't. Shoulders aren't down. I can't count a three. Yeah, that's Tell uh... me
1: when I can't count to three, and then when I do my <laughs> job, I get yelled at. There's, there's
0: no winning. No, I mean you're in, a, you're definitely in a lose lose situation, Jerry. No so matter what you do, so. Um, I always like giving you shit for telling you it's two when you counted two. So I'm like, it was two, Jerry. You're like, that's what I counted, asshole. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Well, see, Uh, everyone
1: always yells at me. That was three. If it was, and I would tell all the fans out there this. If it was three, my hand would have hit the mat a third time. (laughs) Now, when it only hits twice. That means it's a two.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to understand your, your audience. Obviously, some of these people don't, you know, can't count that high. So, you know, it, it happens. So, uh, but yeah, Jerry, you are always a lot of fun uh, to heckle. Um, It's always a great time. So uh, for sure. Um, but has there ever been like, obviously we talked about, um, you know, the cayenne pepper or anything. Is there like ever been a weapon that said you were able to talk diss into using or vice versa? Like, he's like, uh, Jerry reason this. And you're like, no. And he's able to talk to him. Has that ever happened? Or you guys talk pretty good. I mean, trust each other's instincts. I'm assuming.
1: Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of skewers, but, but Kurt, this function Ooh. loves skewers. And I've done the skewer board. I, I don't know. I just, for whatever reason, skewers, when they put them in the board and someone's gets slammed on them, I always uh-huh. I wince every time I don't, but you know, it's like, Oh, it does them all the time. But uh, I know toothpicks are outlawed. Those are a no. Um, anytime that you had the late, um, Marcus crane and John way Murdoch say, fuck, we are that. We are not using toothpicks again. You know, they're uh, messed up. This would have been wow. at uh, GCW down in Chicago. Um, And actually, I didn't realize I ref this match because I watched it, and I'm like, I'm refing it. (laughs) Um, But John Wayne Murdoch, DDT's uh, Marcus Crane on uh, a board or something of uh, uh, on something that has toothpicks in it, and then in the back, I don't know who the other wrestler was, but they were pulling pieces of toothpicks out of John Wayne Murdoch's arm, and I'm over with a multi-tool pulling. Busted toothpicks out of Marcus Crane's head. So they both said they would so they yeah, had toothpicks? No. And I'm sure there's deathmatch guys. Oh, I that's not a problem. I would do it. They don't. No. <laughs> go ahead. You know, it's your career. It's your life. You want to go do that? Go right ahead. Pencils with the lead. Nope. Won't fuck with those.
0: Oh no. Oh, yeah.
1: There's a lot of things. Listen, there's things out there. If you bring in and I love fans bringing the weapons because there's stuff like, oh, yeah, it'll work. And some people are like, you know, they, they go a little too crazy with it. And it's like, mm, we can use this. but We have to take this off. We can't use this. That's just a little too much. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I, I don't like, I, I, gusset plates always freak me out just because i have someone that's, I've worked with construction stuff and um, mending plates, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they, they are sharp. And they, I remember there was one. Where um uh what was um Akira put it up to uh uh Neil Diamond Cutter's head and kicked it. And it was a gusher, and I was like, damn. I'm like, yeah, I'm not a fan of Gustav Place, but I know some of the other wrestlers like it. You know, hey, if that's what they want to do, by all means, but not a cup of tea for me.
0: Yeah, that goddamn honey badger when he takes those goddamn fucking body slams on the back of a fucking chair. Oh, oh. I
1: very flexible. We'll say that. I mean, yeah,
0: we'll, we'll definitely say that for sure. So, lines are um,
1: not supposed to bend that way.
0: No, no, not at all. So, um, and so obviously, I'm assuming dysfunction's been a big mentor, but I mean, and obviously you Know, uh, Matt Wichester, uh, DeFalco and everything. Uh, but who've really been like some of your mentors or people like you've come up with? So that kind of crowd. So I'm like, you kind of start with the Thumper Storm, like 17, 16, something like that. Uh, was it
1: 2023, probably about 17, I think. Okay, so um, you're,
0: so you're coming up with like Aesop and Sierra, uh, yes. will be um, in there a little bit later, but uh, Fish Shadows.
1: Here's a funny story for you. So when I was at ICW, um, I think this was the second or third show I ref, or no, ICW uh, Anarchy Pro down in Chicago, uh, down in Berlin. One of the like the second, it was like the third or fourth show I ref down there. Um, there was a five way, and three of the uh, wrestlers, three out of the five, and this was a women's match, was uh, Melanie Cruz, Stacy Shadows, and Sierra. And at the time. And it was funny because I was friends with uh, Santana Starks and he didn't know this, but uh, uh, Sierra was 16 at the time. So, because I remember, you know, you get people, you friend different wrestlers and stuff. And all of a sudden, like, you know, on Facebook, it pops up birthdays. And it was like, Sierra's having her 17th birthday. And I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. And I know Starks wasn't happy about that one. He was a little uh, upset.
0: Yeah. yeah, I I mean, do your due diligence there, so. Um, yeah, so and we've, we've talked about CSW, uh, you've referred GCW, Powell, ICW, um, BCW. Um, anybody fourth missed? Wall, uh, oh, fourth wall, Mondalucha, yeah,
1: Mondolucha, FTW, MEPW. Um, uh, I, I went down to Zawa for one, I kind of got all around now, or WPW, WFNW. Um, there's a bunch, There's a lot of, I get offers, but realistically, I'm just lazy and I don't like driving that far uh, for, for some of them. So I try to keep it with a two-hour window.
0: Okay. That's not too, I mean, and we are very, very fortunate because there is a shit ton of wrestling within two hours of us right now. Oh, um, that there it, is it it is utterly ridiculous we definitely have an abundance of riches wherever the phrasing is going um hopefully we get you into aaw one of these days uh but of course every AAW show is usually running against icw uh but we'll talk about that off air so
1: that's the problem uh, a lot of times you get so many shows are on the same dates and you get the conflicting dates and it's like i got here i got there no i can't do this one i can do this one i can't do that one and
0: yeah i mean oh, yeah yeah, and kudos to your loyalty to Paul because, I mean, yeah, last month's ICW show, you are like, I was already booked. Um, so that's awesome. So obviously everyone knows you as the deathmatch wrestler guy or rough guy, but let's um, what do you have, Like, I mean, like talk about some of your favorite um, non-deathmatch matches. Oh. I so, said, so, 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 literally just whatever comes off the top of your head. I mean, obviously this is not set in stone, but um, like just one of those moments you're like, wow, I was glad I was part of that.
1: Uh, let's see the, a good one that I roughed, Uh this would have been three or four years ago. I was down at the peak. Of, uh, it was Joey Avalon and Sierra and uh, Sierra got hurt uh, about four minutes into the match. Uh, I want to say she over rotated on a swinging neck breaker and ended up, I got a stinger or something in her shoulder and worked the rest of the match with, uh, it messed up. Yeah. And I mean, it was a legit injury and it, it was impressive. Someone just kept, and there was one, I don't know what this submission is, but it's like the, uh, I think it's like a golden gate where like you're holding the person's arms behind their back and you're kind of swinging them and stuff and Ooh, like, yeah. there was some, I'm like, and you know. it's was checking on her and she was good to go. I was like, all right, keep it going.
0: Yeah, yeah I um, think that
1: going back, uh, the first Yanni versus Vic Capri match I refed, uh, that one was one of my all time favorites for uh, a, a classical wrestling match. Yeah, um,
0: God, Vic Capri. Was, the Capri is goddamn <laughs> ageless. I mean, you look at the guy, you're like, you are not as I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put out all personal information, but he is not does not look as, as old as he is. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, he can
1: still move. I mean he's yeah. it, I whenever I'm at a show and I got Vic's match, I know it's gonna be a good night. I, I always look forward to it. Um I got to uh one of the funner ones I got to do, um, this was down at Powell. It was um Tommy Poliselli versus um, Joey Chichi.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the fan, they, they, uh, they're friends. So they were doing, you know, they, 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 they did a, a thumb wrestling match, two out of three. Then they did paper X scissors. Um, and then they were going to do the third one was going to be a test of strength. I, I got to remember this correctly. I think it was a test of strength and the fan. <laughs> Wanted to do a dance off, and the fans would not relent. And it was it was it was funny because we were all laughing because the fans started chanting uh, "Truffle Shuffle" from The Goonies, and yeah, it was it was fun. Um, one of the la- one of the ones I just did uh, this memorable was uh, uh, Country Air versus uh, Ghetto Gear Solid down at uh, All Heels at State. Nice. Skateboard. Yeah. That was a fun one because they went everywhere. That was all over up and down ramps. And so it was, that was, a you get some of them. that are really fun. Um, I did uh Colt Cabana versus uh, the Marman. That was a good one. That one I really enjoyed doing.
0: That was, that was a max actually got me into I- ICW. Um, yes. Yeah. Cause my first ICW show was cause Colt was there. I'm like, Oh, and I was home. You know, I was still living in Idaho at the time, but I, was, I used to come home for about a month in, in April. I was like, oh, I'll check this out. And, well, here I am, you know, talking to you five years later. So,
1: yeah, that, that was – those were some of the, the fun ones I really enjoyed doing. Um You try to remember, you know, you, every now and then you run to some of the WWE stars, past and present, they're there, um, either as a legend or maybe they're um doing – um they they have students there and they're watching so you get to meet some of them and talk to them so that's pretty cool um probably my favorite one I got to meet uh was Shane Douglas he was a big I was a huge fan of his in uh nice. ECW days yeah. so when human dysfunction had their match I got to I try not to mark out in the back and I did a little show
0: I mean we're, we're at the end of the day we're all fucking fans and yeah. yeah I mean honestly I mean Shane Douglas put ECW on the fucking map. Oh, I mean, right. I mean, that him doing, you know, that whole belt drop thing, they went from Eastern Championship Wrestling to Extreme Championship Wrestling in a hurry. Oh yeah. Um, and he does not really get the credit he deserves for that. Um, so I'm glad you got to meet him. But uh so speaking, yeah, Kai kind of, actually kind of goes into one of my last kind of quote unquote questions here, but uh deathmatch wise and or I don't want to say regular wrestling because deathmatch wrestling is regular wrestling. Uh, for people like you and I uh but who is there a de- uh, deathmatch person you'd like to ra- uh, that you haven't reffed it that you'd like to and uh who's like a, a deathmatch person that you didn't get a chance to cuz you know they never came to the United States or whatever
1: um uh i don't know if there's really someone i really wanted to i mean back in the day you know, like I said, I, would love, I was a huge Hayabusa fan and Gladiator. Uh, Mike Austin when he was that when he was there, so that would have been awesome to go if I was in Japan for that. Um, I would have loved, and it's kind of one of the, the things that if I ever got to do, I, I probably would do. Um, I would love to ref XPW uh, okay. out in California. It was just I, I really enjoyed uh, a lot of their matches back in the day, and uh, currently, you know, watching them on Fight TV. Uh, I enjoy some of the the product they put out there for their deathmatch wrestling, the way they handle it, the way they do it. um I, I will say I did watch their big deathmatch tournament. It could have went a little quicker, I think it was seven hours. oh it yeah, that was, that was a long one. um I tapped out um dysfunction and I were both watching it, and I think the final went on at like three in the morning and it started at seven at night. Uh Silas was out there, Silas Young, and he was the—I want to say—he was the opener match. Yeah. And uh, he was talking about he was tired. I mean, it was—it was, it was like—I want to say—it was like seven hours. And the last match was, if I remember correctly, a no rope barbed wire match, and it took him like forty-five minutes to set up. And I was like, "Damn, that's a long time to set
0: up." That's a long fucking
1: day. Oh yeah, beyond a long day. God
0: damn. Well, I mean, I mean, because the insane eight. I mean, yeah, that's what well, usually noon to six. But I mean, obviously, you got the pre-show. Yeah, um, and everything with that too. So, um, man, yeah, it was like you know, at least my first memories of Deathmatch, Obviously, were uh, were man, or uh, Cactus Jack and Terry Funk. Um, not really seeing the matches, but seeing the pictures in the magazines because um, I didn't listen most of my wrestling knowledge um this you'll kind of get a kick out of this but when jerry lawler was at bcw last year i went to him like yeah you're my favorite wrestler um when i was a kid that i never saw wrestle he's like what the fuck you talking about i'm like because yeah all i had was wwf so but i was reading all these bill after magazines and you were all over the place i'm like i love jerry lawler and i'd never actually seen him wrestle um you know so yeah i kind of like just hearing the the cactus jacket and terry funk stories back in the day so um you know, it, it's really in art form, and listen, you know, and it's it's the unsung here. Obviously, the people in the ring taking the bumps, you know, do the majority of the work, but, I mean, it's, it's people like you in the back with, with the brains, putting it all together. So I just want to kind of take a chance to actually highlight everything you do, um, Jerry, so thank you well, for I all you do. It. I, I love trying to be a first on something,
1: you know, with ICW uh, trading cards. I think we were one of the – I think we were the first on that. Um, ICW – uh, with our uh, the root beer with the wrestlers on it with that um, just different things we try to do to you know be different to be a first to be a pioneer in it is that there's tons of people that do the same thing they'll copy um, our belts you know for small indie fed uh, we have all all the belts are completely custom um, they are not you know we didn't go buy a belt and slap some stickers on it um, there were sticker belts in the past. Uh, yeah. and that's a funny little story there is that, so this would have been three years ago, um, for dysfunction's birthday. He, I, I Robert made, uh, had to order, designed it, uh, the insane Aid title and I gave it to him and he loved it. And he kind of shook his head and told me, he's like, you know, we're gonna have to change all of our belts up now. <laughs> is that I can't have these belts that we have, and have this one. So at that point, we went through and we went uh, went and designed every one of the uh, ICD talk IC, icw belts after dysfunctions favorite belts and he, his favorites. So, okay. and of course, if you look at the Insane Eight belt. That is the, the big belt, the, the big gold belt. Um, it's not as big as the big gold belt, but that is the design is based off of. Um, and then at, through making the titles, we come to find out we can add more, we, we're able to add more and more stuff to it. Mm-hmm. So now uh, I'm talking to a couple, uh, currently designing my 13th belt for someone. Um, and then there's two more that are in the, pro I, that I was given the outline of what they want to build their belts. So it's kind of a fun part is that, you know, having something original that's yours is really nice. And, you know, every fed could, if they want, they can go buy a, a belt and put their, you know, get some of their logos and stickers and put it on it. And, you know, or they used to get one of the cheap, you know, wrestling belts. And, you know, they're, they're the belts are not that expensive. I mean, they're not cheap. But same point, they're not $1,000. I mean, you, if you're going to start up something, you want something, you know, something that you're proud of.
0: Yeah. So, um, you see, obviously, you ordered and designed it and everything. Who actually makes the belts?
1: Uh, custom championship belts out of Pakistan. Oh, yeah. Sure. So they do amazing work. Um, normally from the time uh, I go, I submit what we want and then we go back and forth on designs. You know, they'll send me the prototype. I send it to whoever making the belt for, and then uh, we, we tweak it back and forth uh, from the time that we pick the final prototype for them to make it and for it to get from Pakistan to here is about two weeks. Yeah, it is amazing. It's one of the funnest things when um I get the tracking number for through uh, DHL is I can watch where the belt is, and I'll I'll, I'll message like uh, I message this function like, hey, your your belt is in Saudi Arabia. Hey, your belt's in Paris. Hey, your belt's in Rome. Hey, your belt's in London. You know you can you can just follow it, watch it. You know as it's being checked in. You know as it's traveling literally around the world to get here. Two weeks. Two weeks. It's the time that takes them to make it and have it here. I said they do amazing work. Um, Wow. Yeah. And they will, um, whatever belt you want to use as your basis design, they will take use and they will customize everything. Um, They will change up the characters, the wording verbiage, uh, the design, they'll add stuff to it. They'll subtract stuff stuff from it. I've and then besides the ones I've made, I've referred three other people to them to make their belts. So, I mean, the, the guy does amazing work. So, I mean, I there's no way I would tell anyone to go anywhere else. I wow. the, the quality, the, the speed of it. I mean, it's like you know, you want a belt, and you know, as soon as you get it picked out and figure out what you want, two weeks.
0: That's that's ridiculous and impressive and and everything. So Listen, um, and,
1: and anybody that's you know curious, you know, go to any ICW event, look at and see any one of the titles, pick it up. They are heavy. They're not light. They're not you know, I mean, you. Um, who was it? I think it was uh, Doc and uh, uh, Zach when they won the tag titles. And no. no. No, I think it was Sierra and Joey that they were heavy and they hated wearing them to the ring because <laughs> they're so. The tag titles are so heavy; they yeah. are not light, and putting them around your waist, wearing them, and yeah, it, it might be both of them. They just hated wearing them because they're wearing them to the ring because they're so heavy.
0: That's yeah, that sounds like those two. So well, shit, you know, I know because I know Dis has sold the old one. So if ever sells that one, I might actually have to jump in there and buy some. Because actually, I'm surprised. I mean, I. And I know most of these people, I've never actually grabbed one of the belts, so I might have to do that on a Friday, so...
1: Yeah, they're not light. I mean, they're they're, they're a solid chunk of metal. Um, i said it's real leather. It's not, you know, pleather. Uh, they are thick brass plates on there. So,
0: yeah, they're... I they're, was <laughs> like, ooh, this has weight to it. Too fucking... Bad. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Awesome. that's So, I mean, is that literally so? It's gotta go from Saudi Arabia, then to Europe, and then across the ocean, then and everything. So, oh yeah,
1: literally, you watch from Pakistan to the, you know, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, United Arab Emirates, uh, Istanbul, Turkey. I mean, it just depends where what yeah. which plane it's on. Um, one of the guys, my buddy, uh, for his fantasy football league, he had a make, Made him a belt of that, which he used the uh, NXT title as the basis
0: nice
1: or, or yeah. but i mean yeah you can they'll make it for what I mean, you if you're a fan of whatever they'll make it you know just what do you want on it it's only limited by your creation and your imagination
0: wow that's uh that's impressive jerry i i was not expecting that that's a that's an awesome story i may have talked to you off air about some other shit so oh huh. that's awesome so um well jerry i've taken up enough of your time but um i'm sorry this took so long for us to do this um yeah it's been a weird year so i do apologize but thank you um oh, but before time? uh before i pull a train in the station or anything um anything you want like any words of advice or any sage advice or you know um anything you want to put over that we didn't bring up at all um or shout outs or anything so uh, oh,
1: God. Okay. I got to give a couple. I have a bunch. Um, I got to give one to, let's see, Santana Starks for getting me into this and then yell at him for all the pain and agony I go through now.
0: So
1: <laughs> um, I got to give a big shout out to Frank and Matt for uh, teaching me how to do it correctly. Um, there's, I mean, when, when I first started for the first year and I asked for criticism from the wrestlers, like, oh, you're fine. You're good. You're good. You're good. And I was horrible. And then, you know, they're giving me pointers um, uh, different wrestlers. like uh, Derek St. Holmes gave me a, a bunch of pointers. So a lot of those guys helped me uh, craft, you know, what I have. Um, I got to thank Dysfunction for giving me a home. Jimmy Blaze for giving me a home. Uh, Marman uh, for being a friend, having a home at Fourth Wall. Uh, I got a shout out to Jay for bringing me into Montalucha, having a great time there. Uh, Brett down at GCW for bringing me in there, you know, all the everybody that brought me in to give me a chance. Um, because a lot of times there's when I first started, there was a lot of shitty refs in Wisconsin. Um, it it was to the point where you'd bring someone in and they were just horrible. I mean, this isn't me saying this is what all the promoters were telling me. Um, uh, there was some, uh, uh, Mike Williams, TJ's. Uh, he was really good. He was one of the guys here, uh, Brian Allen from, uh, down in Chicago. He would come up every now and then, but mm-hmm. for, for good quality, Wisconsin refs, they just, they were bringing them in, you know, they didn't have anybody. Um, I got my, like I said, got in there with Frank. Um, and then after me, he brought on, uh, perch was a product of thumper's den. Uh, he went through there. So, you know, now he's literally going worldwide. Uh, you had Junior was a product of Thumper's Den. Joe was a product of Thumper's Den. Is that realistically, if you want to be a referee, um, and it, it's something, you know, like I thought, like, oh, I could be a ref. I, you know, I watched wrestling. I was horrible. I was hmm. the shit. Um, you know, if you really want to get into it, and for me, I thought about being a wrestler. I can't take a bump to save my life. I can I would concuss myself the first match I was in. So that for me, it was like, no, no, we're not going to be a wrestler. Uh, But, you know, if you want to be a ref, you know, check out Thumper's Den, you know, come to a show, talk to a couple of the refs, see what it's like, you know, there's a, there's a, there's more to it than what you can imagine. There's a lot of stuff that once you learn the inner workings of a match and how it's done, you know, if. If you're at BCW and you got an earpiece in and you're getting commands from the back, uh, if there's a hard camp, how to work that, um, how to deal with fans, how to deal with wrestlers. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that you have to know. And if you're not doing that, well, y- you suck. And there's a, as I said, I'm not going to drop names, but there's rests I've seen. It's just like, you're horrible. You know, ones that, It's like, why are you even in there? And some of them, it's like, it's their own ego. They, they, oh, I don't need to be trained. Realistically, if you want to be a good ref, you need to be trained. You need to go to a school. You need to, even if maybe you're with a, a federation that doesn't have a school around you can go to, you need to be there before the shows. You need to get with the veterans. You need to, not just the ref veterans, but the wrestling veterans, and find out, like, hey, you know, how can we better? What am I doing wrong? Is you have to look at it. And at the same point, you have to be able to accept constructive criticism because there's times when you're gonna mess some mess something up in a match, and the wrestlers are gonna be pissed at you
0: afterwards. <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: there's there, there's times when hey, you know, you gotta eat shit that you fucked up, you gotta eat shit. Yeah, and you gotta smile and you gotta like it, and it's not fun.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean. I mean, at the end of the day, the ref's the quarterback in the fucking match. And that was something I didn't realize. Obviously, as a kid, you don't realize how important the referee is. Um, You know, one of my first jobs in high school, or one of my last jobs before I graduated, yeah, this guy came in and was like, yeah, I ref matches like for like Jim Neithardt and Animal. I'm like, you do not. I'm like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He brought some Polaroids in and I was like, holy shit. So he told me he's like, yeah, the ref's like, I'm like, I just thought they just threw some Jamoke in there. I didn't fucking know. That's what I did you not know,
1: initially until I started doing it. I'm like, wow, this is way different.
0: Yeah, and watching guys like you and Jill and Perch, I mean, I, I'm very lucky. You know, there's uh, been very great refs, um, unless especially you. I mean, your interactions with the crowd are, you know, y- you break that rule. Like, if you know if you know who the ref is, then they're not doing their job. That I mean, yes, you're not doing your job per se, Jerry, but you're doing your job if that makes sense.
1: Once it is for yeah. me, it's like you want the fans to be involved as much as they can be. Um, you don't want to Now, I'd love getting the fans involved but at the same point. You have to walk that line because you don't want the fans to get too involved that it takes away from the match. Right. And that can happen very easily. It's as it, you know, you have to remember that you are there to do your job and your job is to not entertain the fans, to not heckle the fans. That's the wrestler's job. Yeah. You know, you can give a little back here and there, but you have to really – and I, I've, I've been guilty of it where you, you kind of get into it and you're like, oh, shit, I'm not doing my job. I'm supposed to be reffing, and here I am, you know, doing this with the fans. I'm not supposed to be.
0: Yeah. So um, when you watch wrestling now, are you watching more of the refs or are you watching more of the wrestlers or both? Are we talking on TV or are we yeah, talking like, – Yeah, both. I, I'd say, like, live or but mainly on TV because, obviously, live, you're obviously <laughs> working. Um, but really- let's say it,
1: I don't watch a lot of live wrestling on TV. Um, a lot of it to me is this tool, too overscripted. Like I haven't, like I'll watch highlights. I mean, I'll watch AEW more than WWE. Um, it's just that there's nothing that beats indie wrestling when you're right there is that even as a fan, you're, you're 20, 10, five feet away and it's right there compared to on a TV. it's just, a complete different animal.
0: Yeah. So,
1: and and as for like, it's, and I've been asked, hey, can you watch my match? Hey, can you watch my match? It's really hard to watch someone's match at times because there's so much stuff going on in the back. Um, you know, it could be, I'm in the back and, uh, hey, I need to, hey, where'd so-and-so go? So I'm, you're, as a ref, you're a gopher. You're running here, you're running there. Find this, path. hey, so-and-so needs you. So-and-so, needs, hey, you're needed here, you're needed there. So the whole time you want me to watch your match, I'm running around finding this person for that person. Go and grab this. Hey, um, I, I need this for this match. Where's this at? Where's that at? You know, you're in the back getting ready for your match. You know, yeah. you're the next one up. So you're getting, you getting yourself ready. You got it. Got to take a piss. You know, there, there's a lot that goes into it. So at times it's really, you try to watch stuff as you can, but at times it's hard to like, um, at times there'd be three or four refs and it was kind of nice because I would ref the second half matches. The first half matches were usually the newer guys. So yeah, I could then, you know, watch their matches and give them, you know, tips. But if Mm -hmm. you get a show where there's say maybe just me and Joe, every other match you're out there, maybe we're doing it back to back. Maybe I'm the third and the fourth match you know, maybe he's the third and fourth match. Maybe I can catch part of it, but at the same point, you know, if there is a death match or a gimmick match or something like, hey, I need this, and, like, you're getting stuff ready so you can go, so as soon as that match is done, the wrestlers are up, boom, you get the, get everything on the ring so the next match can start. Right. So comes, there's just so many moving parts to it, bing, 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 to be able to sit down and watch someone's match, is not always that easy.
0: Yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day, I mean, what you do in the ring is probably what maybe 10% of what you do on a show day, maybe is preparation. (laughs) Uh,
1: And you try, and I've learned, said, uh, end of this month will be eight years of uh, roughing. I'll hit my eight year year mark. Um, And I've seen some wrestlers, and I've learned to just, I don't give advice anymore. Um, Some of the new wrestlers, they think because you're a ref that you don't know anything. So you go, hey, you know, you kind of did, you maybe you should not do that or do this. And they get offended. And it's like, I look at it like, hey, if your strikes suck, and there are some wrestlers out there that just can't throw a strike for shit. Yeah. You know, and they look so weak, so pathetic. Why are you throwing a strike? It looks horrible. Go work your strike, go to a camp. Find a veteran, learn how to throw a strike, learn how to throw a kick, throw a punch. There's guys when they throw a punch or a kick, I think they killed the other person and they're fine, but there's guys that throw the worst punches and chops and kicks and knees. And it's like, why are you doing it? Don't, if it sucks, don't do it. Find something you're better at.
0: Yeah. What is, I mean, I know obviously, um, do you have what's the secret to a good chop? Like, I mean, I don't. know. I still think this has the best chop in the state. Um, um, this
1: I I asked him actually that question and says he has big fat hands and big fat fingers. <laughs> Makes sense. A lot of surface area.
0: Yeah, and I still kick myself. Um, I was at Warrior Wrestling a couple weeks ago, and Takeshita was there, and I did not take a chop from him. I don't know why. I. I I should have. I'm stupid. There's, but...
1: there's some people that just are great at chops and some that aren't. Um if you go to Thumper Stand, you're gonna get really good at chops because you're gonna get chopped a lot. Yeah. And they're not gonna feel good. So yeah, you're gonna learn there. Um, but some people can throw really good chops, uh, some don't. It says it, it, it all depends. It's just it's a, it's an art form in itself, but they do suck
0: they don't feel yeah. good no yeah so yeah my buddy got chopped by a bad luck foul he said he thought his heart almost exploded so oh yeah uh, some of so, those guys really laid in yeah so well jerry um yeah once again thank you um this is a lot of fun um i learned a lot um two, oh, anytime. Weeks, um, two weeks is fucking amazing um you know, so yeah, everyone follow Jerry. Um, like I said, I mean, you know, go to your local wrestling shows, you know, even if you're you're not in the Midwest and you're listening to this in like in England or on the East Coast or you know, over in Austria or whatever, you know, go to your local shows, um, you know, watch the ref and see what they do. I mean, it's a very underappreciated art. So I
1: mean, any I mean, you could go to you could go uh pick a city, you could say, uh, I try not to uh Little Rock, Arkansas. I've never been there. But if you Google Little Rock, uh Little Rock Wrestling, Little uh, Little Rock Pro Wrestling, Little Rock, uh All-Star Wrestling, you're gonna you're, something's gonna pop up. Um, most big cities, you know, decent sized cities are gonna have something. If not, there's probably something within a good, you know, 20, 30 minute drive. And I mean, I didn't realize there was half as much wrestling as there was here in Wisconsin until I got started. And I'm like, wow, there's here, it's there, it's here, it's there. There's a ton
0: out there. Yeah, it's, I mean, like I said, I mean, um, I'm going to lower the fourth wall here real quick. You know what, Jerry and I just recorded for the Midwestern wrestling Roundup for the promos and everything. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's eight shows within two hours of me this weekend. Yeah. And I'm probably missing a bunch. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, and I still can't. I never went and saw a show the whole time I lived in Idaho. Um, Granted, I mean, I live two and a half hours from the nearest Walmart. um, But actually, Idaho's got a very prolific... Lucha Libre presence. Um, hmm. not to be this guy, but I mean a lot of the people that live in Idaho work on farms. So um yeah, that's definitely something I need to get out of out of my system one of these days. But uh yeah, Jerry, I will see you on Friday. Um Sounds yeah, good. I mean everyone, yeah, check out your local shows, check out Jerry on uh on Facebook and you know, um there goes go, Smokus. There you go, kitty. I don't know if you can see my cat or not, Jerry, but uh
1: no, everything just blacked out. can oh, really? can see a tail and it kind of like flicks in and out there.
0: Hey, but, uh, Jerry, I'll see you on Friday, my friend. But, uh, yeah, um, everybody enjoy wrestling and, uh, yeah, make sure you enjoy everything. So, Jerry, I will talk to you later. Thank
1: you. Have a good night. Later.